0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who's done this 199 times before. It's Richard Herring! Thank you very much. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to uh, Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I was hanging around... With uh, the Funboy Free and Bananarama in 19- <laughs> 1982. It might have been them or it might have just been some people from my school uh, in a dark room in an attic and uh, they were all kissing, but I was just looking at them. <laughs> uh, they call it Rehlasibur, so I don't know if that might, might catch on. That might have been going since 1982. Yeah, it's, uh, it's episode 200. It's fucking amazing, isn't it? Uh, that's something to be uh, proud of, I suppose, in a way. <laughs> And I kind of hoped I'd get a TV show by now, but it's, you know, we're, we're here. And we're in control of our own destiny. In a way, this is better. Oh, you came back from last week. Uh, so what I thought, I thought you looked excited about the 200th. I thought, oh, I wish I'd preserved the 200th one. <laughs> so um, still, I'm still a little bit drunk from last week again. It's a very strong beer. Very strong beer. And I intend to drink some more of it uh, before... Uh, the sad process at the end of this series this is the last show in the series as well of course series 14 and uh, what happens is I now get in a van with some men and go back to Hertfordshire with my chairs <laughs> so we're not allowed to store at the Leicester Square Theatre until February we're not allowed <laughs> not bitter about it £180 it costs to take those chairs back to Hertfordshire but uh, But I get to go, too, and I'm looking forward to a ride in the van. If it's anything like the ride in the van with the chairs, it's going to be quite a rollercoaster hair-racing experience, (laughs) driving in a big van with some people who don't usually drive down country roads. And uh, if this is my last ever show as a result, please put it out with my blessings. (laughs) And I'd like Adam to hold a picture of me looking sad. Uh, Anyway, talking of that, our guest this week is probably best known as the second best podcast involving a man walking a dog around a field. <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, it's his fourth time. If we hadn't had him on before, we'd only be on 196. It's Adam Buxton, ladies and gentlemen. It's the Buckeyes. <laughs> Hi, hey, Always ready to leave. That's what you have to love about Adam Buxton. Always ready. I got a lo- I've got a load of stuff in here. Got a lot of stuff. You know, you never know when you'll be called upon. Just to
1: I got some least. sandwiches. <laughs> I've got a little bit of work I need to do.
0: That's fine. That's fine. I've there's le- there's some to, pauses uh, where I'm just trying to think about. I've, what got, I've got, to got to get back to so.
1: a couple of people.
0: <laughs> that's fine. me, so about Make yourself some own...
1: stuff and it won't take long. My wife's asking me a couple of questions I need to deal with sure, as admin. Fine. It's all... You know, my dog, Rosie... Yes? She suffered a terrible injury. Oh, no. Yeah. It's a very traumatic thing. Um, we were out walking yesterday and we walked across an unfamiliar field. Right. We, I, and I actually said to her, hey, let's mix it up. Let's walk across the unfamiliar field. Yeah. Because we always go the same route. Boring. Yeah, it's yeah. a beautiful day, Rosie. Let's go crazy. We'll, we'll take this uh, cut across here. The cows have been taken away for the winters. So we don't have to worry about being trampled. We don't have to worry about being just another cow death statistic. Yeah. And they're pretty big. And so off we went across this field. And uh, Rosie boinged off. She was up at the top. Yeah. And I suddenly noticed something move in the middle of the field. And it was a big old hare and and it sprang up and shot off up the hill and I thought uh-oh Rosie's going to go mental she yeah. loves chasing animals even if and usually there's no question of her catching them yeah so sure enough she chases after the hare zips off and then doesn't come back and she's done that before and she yeah. usually comes home this time she came home and she was acting really weird oh. and we were having lunch and um she was just sort of zipping about, spinning around, kind of chasing her tail in it, like as if she was on drugs or something. And then she jumped on my wife's lap at the table and she was going, Oh, Rosie. And, uh, and then she said, Maybe she's got seeds between. Is
0: this interesting? This yeah, story? no, Dad. Well, it's, it's, it depends where it's going. If it's, to be honest, Adam, if it turns out it's, she's got some seeds between the poor, it wasn't worth it. But let's see, let's see what happens. And see what happens next.
1: Because last time she had seeds between, <laughs> but in her paws, yeah. And it was very distressing for her, and we had to get them out. It took ages to dislodge the seeds. So we thought, not seeds again, and <laughs> and we put her on the uh, sofa and kind of laid her out. We were stretching out her paw. And then we see, only then, she has got a massive old gash in her tummy. She had clearly jumped across some barbed wire, and it had slashed like like something out of Fangoria. It had peeled back a large area of, of the skin and fur so that her muscle was exposed oh underneath. Oh, my God! And, I mean, it was really full-on and scary and sad. So we were like, whoa, holy shit, okay. Get her to the vet. So we got her to the vet as quick as possible. Yeah. And they, she came back, and it was all okay because it was a superficial wound, um, but superficial wound for a deep dog. And <laughs> Poor Rosie. Yeah. Has been driven mad by the kind of existential implications of the whole thing. Yeah, I bet. Especially as she has to wear this sort of uh, romper suit to stop her from picking away ni- and worrying the stitches, you know? Yeah. And she's not a dog that wears clothes normally. She's, no. As I say, not superficial. No. Except for the wound. So. It was bad. We were watching "I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here" last night. It was yeah. it was the first show of the new uh, season. Yeah, it was a it. big family event in the Buckles household. Yeah. My daughter's incredibly excited, but Rosie was just in such a bad state, oh. like freaking out and just was really
0: disappointed about Aunt not being. She. I don't know oh, about the. About the thing. Yeah, sorry. But that, no, I'd no. forgotten about the cut. I think she. I was just thinking about.
1: She, yeah, no, she was happy about the situation yeah. with the show because okay. she thought Holly Willoughby absolutely smashed it. Yeah. And um, the, the quality of the links was absolutely up there with the normal quality of the links.
0: And at some point someone's going to be able to work out a deck the halls with bows of holly aren't they going to be able to work that into yes. probably the Christmas episode
1: I mean have you applied for a job I uh, haven't <laughs> they're going
0: to be able to work that in I haven't quite got it you need to get Frank Boff in maybe and then it deck the boffs with, yeah I and mean, nice. be a visual sort of work as a pun with bows, mm-hmm. uh, bow uh, it's not uh, too the, late the bow bow the bow bells so it could be a double with the bow's bows so you're actually doing two puns within it that aren't officially puns
1: at this They're, point uh, you've
0: talked yourself out of the job could be Bo, <laughs> Bo Brumov the, the, the dandy could come in yeah is the at, bones of Bo at Brummel. this
1: point the person in the meeting is calling security <laughs>
0: It was going so well. Anyway, so I'm going to work out that. Yeah, so she wasn't happy about I'm a Celebrity, she wasn't enjoying the dog. Well, no,
1: it was very. It was hard for me to enjoy I'm a Celebrity because she was clearly in such distress. And it was uh, so weird, you know, it, it suddenly you're very painfully aware of how frustrating it is to be a dog and not have the power of actual speech. Yeah. And so you're set. And first of all, we tried putting the plastic cone on, yeah. you know. Joseph Coney, and she wasn't. That's the Coney costume, and she wasn't enjoying the Coney costume. Yeah, too soon. The dog was. The um, dog was. The dog
0: was. Put... The dog. The dog put the cone on, not you. I thought you. No, put we the put, the, put cone. the cone on. Oh, okay, you put the yeah, cone yeah, yeah, on. Yeah,
1: yeah, Just cheer her up. And it's terrible. Like she and she, she was sulking like a teenage child. You know, just sort of. Uh, Going and standing in the corner and facing away from us, she, she, it was just like, "What is? What the fuck is going on? Why have you done this to me? What have I done wrong? I hurt myself and now
0: this." No, it's terrible. Well, thank you for still coming in and doing the podcast after this distressing. Well, I might have to. I'm just I understand that why my... you've got the, the multimedia. Yeah, experience I'm e-
1: emailing my wife just to check on the check the dog Rosie, okay. but I've also got some
0: gifts, birthday oh, gifts. I've... For you. for m- Birthday for me. Yeah, because it's 200, right? Oh, yes, it is 200, the podcast yeah. birthday, yeah. So, um, this is You're one very of very my... nice about you. Adam always brings gifts. Well, i yeah. very, very kind this man. It's one of my favourite books he i got. He bought me flowers. He bought me some t- uh, tea with a little strainer thing. Oh, yeah, that's kind right. Yeah, yeah. That's when I did well, I hope you enjoy
1: this, because I-, I love this book, and I bought it uh, recently.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, might be useful
1: (laughs) it's really good (laughs) now I actually I actually did buy this one but I got I I I did get a free one but only recently because on the back it actually has a quote from me perhaps if Michael Parkinson had asked Muhammad Ali if he'd ever seen a Bigfoot he might be remembered as a great interviewer (laughs) Instead, it is Richard Herring who has perfected the art of creating fun, interesting, and offensive questions that will supercharge even the dullest encounter, Adam Buxton. So I thought, holy shit, I've written the thing on the back, and it's great, And um, as we've just seen. Um, and I don't even get a free copy. <laughs> Because I bought four copies. Because I was thinking this will be. Th- these are actually good Christmas presents. They are
0: excellent Christmas presents. Yeah. Same. This is going out in February. I bought. Uh, they're excellent Valentine's presents. <laughs> I There's
1: a whole section four about dating. Copies, but but I bought this one along because I hoped you might sign it. Of course. I And to. write something funny in it. I gave no, so I, I, I gave that. a copy to Louis Theroux when he Did came you? to stay the other day, and uh, he was there with his family. And Louis, you know, he's been on the show, he likes he you. He has, yeah. And so I thought, oh, this would be a good uh, Christmas present for Louis. And his youngest son had look, uh, looked through it. His youngest son is for, uh, four
0: or five? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's about... Oh! A... Might be a couple, <laughs> I there's a couple of questions that aren't suitable.
1: No, surely he's target audience. <laughs> and he, he came up with a question. Okay. Would you rather have a bum that can talk or a willy that can poo on your hand? <laughs> so he's in
0: the zone. <laughs> I'd, rather, uh, I'd rather have a bum that can talk because my bum can poo in my hand. I know. At I the moment. Realistically. <laughs> If I want a poo in my hand, I just I, don't think I anyone go I would... just go under. I mean it's a little bit easier. Yeah. But I think the poo coming out of the willy would be it's not too as, much. As, well it wouldn't be as satisfyingly big. If I wanted some <laughs> stringy <laughs> If I wanted a very stringy load of like like that silly string but made of poo, then I'd go for the willy. Good question, man. That is a good question. Young Mr for the Master Theroux. Yeah. That is a good you'd expect from that. From that family, that goes back so, yeah. many, so many generations of It's a creativity. better quality of yeah. Uh, questions, yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got you that. I got you... I mean, that's not... I have me. to that's say
0: that your original quote, which they didn't let us use, it said, if Michael Parkinson asked Muhammad Ali if he'd ever tried to suck his own cock. Yes, that's which right. Was, which is <laughs> better. <laughs> but we had to change it to Bigfoot because they didn't want it on the back of the book for some reason. Right? <laughs> Why not just display what the book is? And I got you another book...
1: Uh, that I really like That is nothing to do with you but has been oh. a favourite of mine. Have you
0: got this one? No, but I love the, the Twitter feed. Yeah. For
1: you. So this is the book version of the... Well, it started out as a Tumblr right. of, uh, called Bad Kids Jokes and it was a guy who edited a uh, kids joke website and he would have to sort of moderate it and he just kept all these all the completely nonsensical weird ones that were too strange to put on the website yep. and he put them on his tumblr and now they've compiled the best of them uh, in this book, and I've been reading these out for years on the radio, and yes. and actually, funnily enough, they never really get a very good reaction. <laughs> like, when you do it when you do it live, it doesn't come across. Right. Reading them with your eyes...
0: Yes, it's funnier than...
1: It's like they're the best things you've ever, ever seen. It's the best comedy. But when you read them out, it doesn't quite work, let's, and I... Let's put but, that to the test. But it doesn't stop me doing it. Okay. <laughs> the other day, I interviewed Niall Rogers. You know him? Oh, yes, I do, yeah. He's one of the greatest producers ever and w- wonderful musician. And I was so excited to meet him. And I felt like, do you ever get this? I felt like we were going to get on so well <laughs> that there was nothing I couldn't say or do with him. That it, I, I had this fantasy of him laughing and laughing <laughs> at me reading out jokes from this book. Because yeah. I thought, for some reason, I thought, this is, he is going to love this. Niall Rogers is going to fucking love <laughs> kids write jokes.
0: Uh, so here's, here's one. Did he really hate it, Adam? Did he go, how dare you tell me nonsensical jokes?
1: He didn't do anything. <laughs> he, he's, no, it was, it was about as bad as it could be, really, because he sort of smiled politely, <laughs> like I was just a special needs guy, and I was... Excited to meet him, and, which in a way is true. But um, let's see, where, where's one of the ones? I mean, they're all pretty good. <laughs> what do you call a pig with... Well, and also I explained to him that I usually read them out in a special voice, Niall. Okay. Which is like this. <laughs> what do you call a pig with ears? <laughs> Dumbhead. <laughs> I'm no, well with my audience. This might my, my audience. Niall smiles and nods understandingly. What do you call a spider with no legs? A
2: hairy piece of trash!
1: <laughs> and it. In a, this is the last one. That I'll read for the moment. We may come back to this. What we might need to similar uh, theme here. What do you call a sandwich with legs? Bready legs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that nearly works, except it doesn't. A secondary meaning I suppose this is for you though you thank can, you that's uh, very good that is a lovely gift and I I, found s- it, I, found, and I solid loved gold. your reading of it as well thanks I love, man the way you brought more than like,
1: Niall I hope you do the audio book that's uh, you know an exclusive <laughs> so do I <laughs> yeah. that's um, because when my Niall Rogers interview comes out <laughs> yeah. it won't include this <laughs> the kids jokes because that was a, be- a very sad moment <laughs> I also got you One of my favourite films Okay It's uh, called Attack the Block Oh yes It's by A, a promising young director Called Called Jay corn Yeah Have you seen this? I have
0: seen it But I would love to see it again I very much enjoyed have it He's you got a, 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 b- genius, a genius that guy I mean, He is a genius He's got
1: a new film out Yeah
0: I know You're in it I am in it in an unspecified part, according to IMDb. Oh, okay. Doesn't say what your character's called. It says Adam Buxton as nothing. Doesn't say. <laughs> it doesn't have any anything there. Uh,
1: I am playing a tour guide at Stonehenge. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And um, I filmed. Do you remember? I sent you a text saying how much I enjoyed the Katie Brand episode of the podcast. Yes. And we because would... it was one of those moments that I I was out. Staying in a hotel, and I had been that day on location right. shooting my cameo on Joe's film. And uh, it had been quite a weird experience. It's just strange seeing him on a big-budget film surrounded by a giant crew and people doing his bidding and worshipping him <laughs> and acting like he's special. And <laughs> and he was really nice. Joe was scrupulously lovely and uh, mindful of the fact that maybe I would be angry and, <laughs> and pissed off but he was um, really really nice and cool but that only went so far and when I asked him like I had some ideas for how I was going to play this part right? I only had a few lines but I thought I'd watched With null and I a few weeks previously which I, which I do uh, every year you know yeah. it's one of those films I love it and one of the great things about that film and a film like American Werewolf in London is that there are in every scene almost brilliantly funny character studies just that would normally be throwaway parts just a couple of lines that would be totally anonymous but every single actor they've got to do these parts has just turned it up to 11 you know. I thought that's what I'll do with the uh, (laughs) with the tour guide at Stonehenge. I'm going to fucking go mental on this thing I've got a lot of funny voices and so I did the uh, voice I was thinking of for Joe and he said "Mm, no 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 need to do it like that just uh, totally natural is fine and so that was that and then uh, at the hotel that night I was just you know I thought well that was sort of that was fun that was fun I'm glad it was nice of Joe to ask me to be in it but I was a little deflated Yeah. and listening to your podcast with Katie Brand just made me so happy oh. it cheered me up Good. and I just thought oh I'm so glad that there's people in the world that are doing this. And yeah,
0: it does help a lot of people with depression. <laughs> 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 just, if this is going, well, it's not as bad as... It just My it life's not. not as bad as that. That's right. Did the... That's good. Now, there's uh, a trope with scenes in Stonehenge that I want to see whether this happens in the film. If It might be too much of a spoiler, yeah. but it's very difficult to do a film about Stonehenge that doesn't involve someone... Leaning on or knocking over part of Stonehenge and it's collapsing <laughs> like dominoes. <laughs> like domino. I don't think I've ever seen anyone not do that. It's oh, like, really? It's like when you're uh, when there's ever a scene in an airport with a with a luggage carousel, the yep. luggage coming out. It's nearly every time that happens, a person ends up either coming out of the thing or falls onto the luggage. Uh-huh. It's very rare you'll see someone avoid that trope. Does Stonehenge fall over in, when you're the, the tour guide? No. Wow. I want to see this film.
1: No. <laughs> Cornish never goes for the obvious. He's always <laughs> a couple of steps ahead of the audience. Listen, if he didn't want the amazing funny voices that I <laughs> yeah. had lined up, then he's not going to start knocking over that's Stonehenge true, true. monuments. Here is another gift.
0: You sh- you oh, this is too many gifts. I mean, this is a lot of gifts. I'm embarrassed. I'll this give you a copy is of my DVD. Oh, yes.
1: Deadpan Magazine. <laughs> Britain's rip roaring comedy magazine. One today. A, a, a issue 13, April 1995. Cover stars Stuart Lee and Richard Herring. <laughs> attack, attack. The new comedy underground. Quote Our ultimate aim is to be worshipped as gods. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: and i read the i read i read because i think i bought this at the time and i thought fuck them both. <laughs> i don't think i even read it but i i'm
0: wearing a duffel coat in that picture so you know i don't think I've, my chances of being a god uh, it's quite a cool duffel coat i think with like metal clasps
1: oh that. yeah no you look you look good you yeah. both look good but um well,
0: comparatively although actually yeah
1: But I was so... I think I was jealous because I just thought, oh, Fist of Fun, that looks... Why are they on BBC Two, like proper TV and they've got a studio and proper cameras and we're just still fiddling around with our high eight cameras?
0: We had actors rather than teddy bears.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And also I felt bad because we'd sort of... we didn't steal it off you, but it was just synchronicity. But unfortunate because it definitely looked like we had stolen off you the idea of doing the sort of blipvert yeah, things, yeah. Um, the flash frames at the end of the sure. thing. So I just it thought. Stole it. It stole, it. stole it. These guys make me feel bad <laughs> about myself. Um, Richard on Stuart. This is a little just pull quote with you talking about Stuart. He's quite serious, although he pretends to be more serious than he is. Because he's a silly child most of the time. He's affectatious about things like art when he knows they're rubbish. (laughs) He's quite keen on looking clever. He's very interested in music, but he only likes music no one else would like. (laughs) Which sums up his personality. He... He worries about what people think to the extent that he makes things worse by going on about them so much. Very true. He's a little bit paranoid and he goes a bit mental sometimes. He drinks too much. (laughs) Wow! And he's always late and he's lazy. The best best way to upset him is to be rude about his girlfriend. (laughs) And he's not... (laughs)
0: Yeah, who would have thought it. <laughs> it's like I've tried every single way to upset it. That's the best one. I did the lot.
1: <laughs> I mean, that does work on most people, doesn't it? That's a good... That's a top... Uh, top tip for... <laughs> upsetting. Anyone keen on upsetting someone. Have you yeah. tried being rude about their girlfriend slash boyfriend. Um, he's not competitive, so it's no fun playing games against him <laughs> because he's so afraid of losing that he pretends he doesn't care.
0: Yeah. It's true. <laughs> I, still, I, still say, I think I said that on an interview today about him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's quite fun, though, looking through it and seeing all the, all the names who've gone on to uh, bigger and better things, or we at still- least... Or at least stuck around and then other people who just uh, well, thought...
0: it's one of the, But it was one of the many attempts. And this one lasted a year. I think this might have been the, even the last issue of it. It might have been one more issue after this. But there was loads of attempts in the nights to do a comedy magazine when comedy was the new rock and roll. Yes. And it all fell apart because there wasn't enough people interested in, in comedy yeah. <laughs> to sustain a magazine, even in that age when people bought magazines.
1: There's a big interview with uh, a, a commissioner at Channel 4... And I just thought, wow, that's what it was like then. Um, yeah, I don't think you'd have that anymore, would you? Um, I mean, really, well, who maybe gives not, a yeah. shit? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose people in the industry might, and they might think, oh, yeah, it'd be interesting to find out what the, the gatekeepers think. Um, oh, yes, yeah. There he is, Seamus Cassidy. Seamus Cassidy yeah. And he's got a sort of rock star y, <laughs> sneery photo. <laughs> you yeah, know, I'm Seamus Cassidy, fuck <laughs> you. <laughs> I'm a fucking gatekeeper, okay. Now, far away from the gate. He's got his arms crossed. He's, yeah. have to... he's probably a delightful person, but, they, but yeah. they posed him to sort of fit in with the magazine's <laughs> fuck off aesthetic, along with Lee and Harry. <laughs> smoking.
0: I think it was the only time I ever was ever on the cover of a magazine. Would you like that? I probably have one, but yes, I will take it. I'll eBay it and send it to some idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I eBayed all my and Herring stuff. i just got rid of it. Oh, also. did you? Yeah, yeah. How much do you get for it? Well, quite a lot of things. I did, at the end, I've the i still got his door, but I think we might right. gift that to... It's very broken up. Someone's offered to mend it, actually, but I've, I'm going to gift it to the Museum of Comedy, I think. Yeah. I don't think I can sell his store. No. No but I uh, did sell a few, a few scripts and bits and bobs.
1: Doesn't it take... L- like, isn't the admin involved with selling stuff on eBay? Doesn't that w- completely outweigh any money you might make
0: No, back? you could make make some quite good money. On oh, you. really? Yeah. Wait, you Jesus. know, 20, 30... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All, I think I needed the money at the time. I think I just wanted to get. I thought, let's get rid of a lot of this stuff. What's
1: the What was the item that sold for most?
0: I can't remember with the, the Ian Herring stuff. With the, I sold the first um, book from you know my question book from the podcast, which wasn't. I didn't get anyone to sign them in those days, mm. and it, so that sold for about fifteen hundred quid. The Slytherin. Whoa. notebook. But the guy who bought it uh, sent me a video. <laughs> His daughter said, why do not you just put in a bid to knock up a bit? Someone else will come. It was, going, you know, it was going up that way and he put in 1,500 quid or something. Wow. And then there's a video of him for the last 30 seconds going, no, 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 why?
2: <laughs>
0: but he did pay up, unlike the person who uh, bid for the second book who uh, didn't, who just said, oh, actually, can I, uh, can I just, could you just send it, would you have a look at it? and then I, I can't I haven't got the money at the moment, can you pay me down the line? Please don't uh, affect my ratings on eBay for me having... Right, And so I didn't send it to him, and, yeah. but I didn't make him pay for it. And then I gave it away. Now I just give him away. to. Pay. Yeah, that's the thing. But then, you know, 1,500 quid, you know, that pay your fee tonight. Sure. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, pay for Rosie's health care. Yeah, that's and, true. Uh,
0: she, have you got have your dog insured? Have you got insurance for the, for the pets? Because that's where it would really pay off there.
1: Yeah, be. I don't know. That's something I need to email my wife about. Okay. Just, yeah. <laughs> uh, so... The other day um, i was uh, i 'd just done a show, I think, and I was in a, a similar position to with the Katie brand one. you know I, I wanted a, a friendly voice in my ears, so I download uh, the stone Clearing podcast oh yes, yeah by the way, I immediately gave it five stars <laughs> Thank you without even listening <laughs> Good because it had like loads of really good <laughs> ratings, and also people i 'm I just love it when people give my podcast a positive rating. Yes, it's nice. You know, I just think, what kind of bastard gives you less than five stars? (laughs) It's like, congratulations, you made a podcast and you uploaded it. Five stars. Well done. That's the way I think. Uh, Don't don't start going, yes, but uh, it flags a little bit uh, towards the end. I find some of the views a little bit repetitive and irritating and uh, pompous. No, five stars
0: but well, the reviews are the best thing and i with me one versus me two snooker that's part of it yeah and the reviews are sort of joining in with you know, yeah. what the spirit of the podcast I'm not going mean, to say it's a joke because they're a very serious podcast
1: yeah it's 45 <laughs> minutes yeah <laughs> and I listened to the whole thing um, here's some quotes <laughs> I don't know how many stones are on this field but it looks like a lot Five minutes in we are at this point. A stone is is like an apple. You know when it's ready to be picked. It's true. It's true. Morally speaking, it's wrong to move someone else's stone. At that point, I did switch off.
0: (laughs) There's no rules, but there's a lot of morality in stone clearing, I think. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, well, do you do, do? You record it on your phone.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've got uh, I've got earpods, those Apple earpods. Holy! And they have got a microphone in them. But it's actually quite. I, well, I was going to ask you because yours is very good quality when you go out and uh, record on the field. But I can't hold a yeah, microphone. Yeah, I, I don't hand. record
1: on headphones. That's my secret. yeah.
0: <laughs> but I can't be holding stuff. I record on that. I can't hold it, can I? Well, I, I can't give up my one of my stone carrying hands.
1: Couldn't you make some sort of contraption, a bit like? Um, Uh, what's his name, Peter Gabriel, when he's on stage, you know he has like a whole thing to hold up.
0: I don't think I could because then the dog, it's very important that it's secret what I'm doing. Okay. And so the other dog walkers I'm not allowed to know and no one else is allowed to know what I'm doing. Yeah. So if I was walking around with the microphone, I think it might affect their, uh, what I'm really looking forward to is often I have conversations with strangers as I'm walking around the field. Yeah. Uh, I met the guy. There's, a, there's the main can I've built into quite an impressive can was there already. There was a tiny can there, and uh, the guy, unbelievably, the first dog walker who saw me in the middle of the field picking up stones said, Are "You pick, collecting stones?" I went, "Um, no." <laughs> and he said, oh, "I know. I used to. Do, that's can at the end. That's me and my friend. We always just pick up one stone and throw it on there. Mm. One stone." Uh, he was an old guy. I looked at him, and thought, "You're never going to clear this field one stone a day, mate. you get a fucking grip. You're about eighty. Come on." What constitutes a can? Uh, well, you know, just any collection of stones, really. I call a small one a nest because it looks like a little nest of eggs, and then that will grow and grow. Uh, but, you know, I'm trying to make a wall, and that is the, in that little corner I have the beginnings of a wall going that way.
1: This is what the podcast is like. <laughs> Except not so well recorded.
0: <laughs> so it looks, if I've got the earpods in, and they do work as microphones after a fashion then um, I could pretend I was listening to some music or on a phone call because I'm walking around talking to myself yeah. if you saw a man walking around a field talking to himself picking up stones and throwing them into the bushes you'd think he was insane <laughs> so I have to have an that's a good way of excusing myself I think he was
1: insane or I think he was an artist You know, yeah. it's a, a great tradition of course in the art world of uh, moving stones and rearranging yeah. nature yeah. Richard Long wasn't he the king he of, of that? he did a little
0: bit of that, yeah. not, as well as, not as good as what I not I'm as doing. good as
1: you and, of course, what it, some of his pieces in gallery form now are just photographs of a field and then a description of what he had done that day. Yeah. You could do that.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm planning. I sort of think I might win. He's already won the Turner Prize, is he, Richard Long? Did he win it? I think... I'm hoping to win the Turner Prize anyway, and then I'm going to donate the money... To, to the playground that's next to the field. Oh okay because it's rubbish. <laughs> yeah. In our village, and, you know, then because uh, I reckon if the if the farmer got wind that I was making money off of moving his stones around, mm-hmm. I don't know if he or her or her, I don't know if uh, they're annoyed about what I'm doing or if it's useful. Yeah. or actually counterproductive and I don't want to know.
1: <laughs> or you could take some of that eBay money. Yeah. give that to the kids. No,
0: that's no, mine. <laughs> so, I used it for podcasts that's what I did with the the, that's what I did with the Uh the the valuable fist of fun hundreds
1: (laughs) (laughs) now look backstage Um, I'm interviewing you now
0: yeah Um, (laughs) it seems to go that way
1: can you I asked you if you could sing the tune they play at the groundhog ceremony in Groundhog oh I've nearly got it now yeah go on there you
0: go. The Tarasana Polka. Yeah, that's good. Because uh, 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 I couldn't do it backstage, but now it's completely come to me. Cut out your troubles and go down the thing.
1: That's right.
0: Here comes a grand home. Do you
1: think, audience, you could sing it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's got. it's called the Pennsylvania Polka.
0: The Pennsylvania Polka, yeah. Yeah, so
1: it existed before. It wasn't written for the movie. And the lyrics. I just thought it would be fun to sing it, seeing as we've done this so many times. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Strike up the music, the band has begun, the Pennsylvania polka. Pick out your partner and join in the fun. The Pennsylvania (laughs) polka. It started in Scranton. It's now number one it's bound to entertain ya everybody has a mania to do the poker from Pennsylvania okay. can you remember all of that no <laughs> you'll probably have to cut this out won't you <laughs> The Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania poker. poker
0: Pick out your partner and join in the
1: fun. Pick out your partner and join in the fun.
0: Pennsylvania poker. The Pennsylvania Poker.
1: Started in Scranton now, number one. Started
0: in Scranton
1: now number one. It's bound to entertain you.
0: It's bound to entertain you.
1: Shut up. <laughs> I mean, that, that song, though, really doesn't that make you happy when you hear that music? Yeah. It's sort of brilliant that they used that piece of music, which could so easily have been, it's got It's got a sort of irritating quality to it, but it's so joyful that you don't care. And it just makes you feel happy.
0: Yeah.
1: I love that. Until film. you hear it every day. And then yeah. It grinds into your head. Yeah, but then it kind of comes. Kind of, it's a bit like a Stuart Lee routine in that way. <laughs> you, you go through. Starts out being fun, then you go through a long period of thinking, oh Jesus, I can't deal with this. And then you break through into another sort of, whoa, this is amazing. (laughs) That's how I feel about uh, the Pennsylvania polka.
0: What's the name of the lady that he finds out the details from and then comes and she's standing there by the bandstand while that's playing... The girl that he meets in the yeah. cafe and goes, what's your name? Where did you go to school? Um, who's your third grade teacher? I don't know. I can't remember. What's her name? Anyone? Nancy. 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 The
1: only one I know is Ned Ryerson. <laughs> Bing! <laughs> it's a great film. It's amazing. It's a great film. He's really good. That actor, the guy that, says, the guy that plays Ned Ryerson, does anyone know that? That's deep level. There you go, Stephen Tobolowsky. So he's done <laughs> two two people. Going. I mean, he's he's pretty famous, and he's been in a lot of stuff. Yeah. But um, and he is, he is okay. Here's my Stephen Tobolowsky story, which only just I, I I just remembered. He uh he is responsible for the name Radiohead, the band name Radiohead, because he was working with David Byrne. I can't remember exactly what he was doing. Was he writing? He was helping with Stop Making Sense in some capacity, working with Jonathan Demme. And he was talking to David Byrne about the idea of a... um, uh, people picking up sort of radio signals and thoughts. I'm probably mangling this a little bit. But basically, David Byrne was taken with the idea of this kind of psychic radio and wrote a song called Radiohead on a Talking Heads album. And then... um, uh, the band Radiohead named well, themselves after that song. That,
0: they weren't called that. Then, no, they were, were they? called
1: on a Friday.
0: Yeah, and then they heard that, and think that's better. Yeah, the better name.
1: Uh, and they were what else were they called? They were called something like Whirly Gig or something. Right. They had some terrible names. Yeah. Anyway, there you go, Stephen Tobolowsky. Yeah. That's not why I forced him <laughs> to sing Pennsylvania. <laughs> it was Polka. nearly.
0: It wasn't as much fun, ironically, as when we sp- sang the specials at the end of the last. Yeah, month. that's right. That was good fun. Yeah. Not uh, Terry Hall's era specials, though. No, um, but did yeah. Terry Hall free Nelson Mandela? Did he fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I think he's back this week. <laughs> Is he come back? Oh yeah. shit!
1: Um, have you been playing that game, the free Nelson Mandela <laughs> on my own? <laughs> on your own, yeah. Are you so tall that you can reach lots of stuff? Are you so boring that people ignore you?
0: I haven't been playing. I, just, I do think about it every now and again, yeah. and it tickles me. Well, actually, if you listen to the podcast, we didn't do very well. We didn't do that well.
1: <laughs> Are you so lost that you need a map? <laughs> I mean, you could go on for ages. <laughs> anyway, Dude, kids write jokes. What? Um, <laughs> <laughs> What is the secret ingredient of a toilet? Pooh. <laughs> Why did the cow go to the movies? Because movies!
0: So close, so close to being a joke, though. They liked it. They liked it over there.
1: This this one is in the form of a play. It's the last one I'll do. Mum, there are worms in my plate. (laughs) Waiter, those are sausages. (laughs) You see, if that's what the theatre was always like, I would go way more often.
0: Well, let's ask you a couple of questions from the uh, emergency questions, or so I've done something. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> so Strike up money, the Mr. music, Mr. <laughs> the band. <laughs> uh, uh, what food have you consumed the longest after its expiration date, and what were the consequences of that, if any? Oh. Do you eat food after its... Because I'm happy to eat pretty much anything. Uh, and I, my wife's very, very... Uh, strictly adheres to so we, the other day we had um, some raspberries uh-huh. okay. you can tell if raspberries are okay the, we, we had them at 6 o'clock in the morning they went out of date at 12 o'clock the previous <laughs> I said I reckon they'll be okay for another 6 hours on top of the I probably factored that in <laughs> when they do it they think they're going to eat them a couple of days later we just have, that's just a warning yeah uh, so I ate those and was fine yeah I have been i ate some bacon and was sick though was it old bacon well it didn't have a sell by date it because it was from a butcher's but it hadn't been open that long but it had been open for a bit and was then it had silvery it. Uh, it, might have been a, it might have been a little but I didn't really
1: you know it was... sometimes they're silvery and it's okay
0: yeah that's right it's, you can't tell can you and like no. when you get fish you smell it and go it, it smells horrible yeah it smells like fish yeah, it does <laughs> <laughs> it it smells like, no like dead, dead fish <laughs> Are you, are, you, are, you, are you uh I, the
1: only thing f- that worries me is poultry when that smells gamey you yes know? if you get some chicken breasts out and they are a bit whiffy yeah i wouldn't go for those because i have done in the past yeah and uh, yeah maybe that's the answer is that chicken in the past i've thought because I, I, I think the same as you and i also think that it's probably um the supermarkets trying to encourage you to Throw stuff away, mm-hmm. trying to encourage waste so that you'll buy more stuff. Yeah. And setting these ludicrous sell by dates on things that actually you could keep them for <laughs> 10 years and they'd be fine. Yeah. But they don't want you to because they know that there's the, they, they want to have a built in obsolescence and, or a sell by date. Anyway, um, but yeah, with. It's um, <laughs> a good answer to the question. With,
0: I, I, you, you can only work with what I've given you, Adam, and it's, okay. uh, it's a thorough answer to the question.
1: But yeah, with chicken. So, so I, I took it out of the wrapper, and it was maybe two days gone. Mm. And I thought ah, it will be fine. And um, it did smell a little bit like feet. Yeah. And I thought, eh, I like feet. So, <laughs> pop it in the uh, oven, uh, make myself a nice sandwich. And it, but it tasted the same as it smelled. And then I felt I felt sad. And then. <laughs> I stopped eating it because I didn't yeah. want to get ill. Because I think that's one of the ones, isn't it? That yeah, you're... No, it's very
0: da- dangerous.
1: Dangerous, yes, yes.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's been a public information film in a way, this bit. Raspberries, have a go, that's what I say. Uh, if you were stranded on a desert island and were allowed to have eight disc shaped items with you, <laughs> but you could not have two of any kind of individual item. Which eight discs would you have with you? <laughs> I can tell you what I've got if it would help, but it, yeah, would, help a, it would help a bit too much. I'll give you some examples. All a right. discus. A floppy disc. Mm. A golden disc of like my selection of music. Yeah, okay. A gold disc. Uh, Total Recall DVD, it's a disc. Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Sliding doors on Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah. A CD-ROM of some very soft porn that I got given by a friend in the 90s
1: a CD-ROM there was a
0: CD-ROM of like and it was like it would come out the box in the middle was about that big and the yeah. street, and it was like girls uh, cleaning cars in their clothes and then getting wet and then slowly taking off
1: yes like what, the like, scene in Cool Hand Luke yeah. yeah
0: but they did get down to being bare I think in the end but that was it and in the 1990s that was enough for me yeah in the days before hardcore pornography is not enough now
1: it should be enough for anyone I haven't
0: looked at that CD-ROM for a while but I don't think it would do the job for me now
1: it's um, I'd say that post Me Too it's uh, not considered the best way to clean a car (laughs) (laughs) that was a concern for me yeah Uh, a disc would I would have a frisbee yep I'd have uh, the, uh, my favorite brand is Aerobi. Okay. um, Because they don't uh, break your fingers when someone throws them and they they slam into your fingers. Okay, that's good. You know, like the really hard ones, you can break your hand.
0: Yeah. Some of them are sort of brittle plastic as well. My
1: son, um, he's quite sort of gung-ho. My my middle son, he's uh, 14 years old and he loves sport and everything. He's sort of the opposite of me. And he uh, he's determined to be able to... He wants to learn how to catch a Frisbee in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, And I'm doing it with the aerobi, which has a soft, uh, rubbery yeah. edge. But even so, if you lob that at someone and it hits them in, in a tender part of their anatomy, yeah. for example, the face or mouth, that's painful. Yeah, yeah. But he he says go on dad go on do it I'm going to do it this time I'm going to do it and every single time it just smacks him in the middle of the face and he goes oh god oh god and it makes me wince because the idea of it is so terrible and painful he goes do it again do it again i like, I don't want to I don't want to hurt you anymore go on I can do it this time I can do it he's never done it so I'd take that Yeah. Uh, What other discs I would take?
0: I've also gone, just what you're thinking, a magical disc from a future civilization, civilization that you could spin and which would tell you all of history. Like in the Time Machine, the film, the Time Machine. Yeah, remember that they spin the disc. Oh, okay. In the Again, another goes,
1: description of that would be a CD-ROM. Or... <laughs> well,
0: it's not because it's a disc that a uh, future. It goes, and in the future wars, there came the nuclear war in the 1960s that destroyed that um, shop with the di- shot, with the dummy in it, <laughs> it kept changing clothes. <laughs> and I'd also get a disc-shaped flying saucer, so I could escape whilst throwing all the other discs into the sea. <laughs> I, didn't, I forgot that you
1: provided answers. I do sometimes to well. some of
0: them because, you know, they're quite boring, some of the questions.
1: <laughs> it's hard doing a thousand and one. It uh, really is. But there is, I mean, you realise there's an art to it. Yes. Uh, when you're reading this book. <laughs> no, which I'm saying you've mastered the Oh, art. thank you, yeah. Uh, let me ask you one. All right. I think my favourite one's... It's
0: not fair. so brought their that own I book quote. along. <laughs> I, I didn't consider this when they printed, mass printed these... That this was a possibility is—is uh, is, are you a racist in here? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if I put that in this one. Like it was a running theme throughout the Orange original book. That is a good one. You might catch them out. Um,
1: <laughs> which of your teachers do you think is most likely to secretly be a werewolf?
0: <laughs> that's the, a kid section. That's really—I'm I'm a 51-year-old man. It's ridiculous to ask me that question. The answer is Mr. Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> it was Mr. Gosling. There's questions for dates. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. It's a beautiful artifact. Okay. Okay.
1: Does anyone genuinely enjoy skiing?
0: <laughs> <laughs> someone you... did, because one of the interviews I did, someone was going about how great skiing was. Mm. I, uh,
1: one of the, have you ever been oh, skiing?
0: Was, I have, and I hate it. Oh. Do you go skiing?
1: Uh, I just started again recently, oh. having not been you're for years. Posh though, years. Aren't
0: you? You're poshster. You're You are you, to be posh to you don't have to be poshster. You have to be Go skiing. No, it's expensive. It's no more expensive if you you can do it on a it's budget. No more expensive than owning a gondola in Venice, <laughs> keeping that tethered there for if I happen to <laughs> pass through. It's a piffling, trifling expense. Listen. One of the things—it's not really the expense that I'm not very good at it. Yeah, Uh, and also I don't see any pleasure in it.
1: Oh, come on! Oh, please do come on! (laughs) Look for God's sake, it's it's absolutely terrific (laughs) and so so
0: fun. And I think you'd really, really enjoy it. And you should give it another chance. I've been twice. I've given it another chance. Yeah. And I had a worse time the second. time. Where did you go? We went to a big mountain with loads of snow on it the first time. Yeah. Did you go... One One was in Austria and one was in... Oh, God, no,
1: no. (laughs) You don't go to Austria. You go Courchevel or Francoise or... I don't know. I'm making them up now. But, um... (laughs) Uh I mean I definitely have had fun. So the, the problem with skiing is that there's so many variables. Yes, it is quite expensive, although there is a way of doing it on a budget. Uh but it doesn't involve skis. And um <laughs> th- and also yeah, lots of variables, you know, if the weather is no good. Mm, yeah, that's... My
0: feet are short but wide yeah. and I haven't yet to find uh, ski like boots foot. that yeah. <laughs> I've yet to find ski boots that do not cause me to be in constant agony yep. all the way, every move I make for the whole day. That's the first reason I don't like it. Yep. What I like about it is taking the boots off at the end of the day and you realise how lovely your life is. Yes. But I don't know how your normal life... And so that's what I think, is people go just to go, Ah! Oh, I'll never complain about anything again. Thank you, Thank you, God, for stopping the pain well there is that it feels dangerous to me like people have just fallen over banged their head and died within two hours fallen off a cliff or get covered in snow drifts people do die yeah defo Um, children are really good at it and I'm not very good at it that's humiliating yeah. Uh, I was forced the second I had a proper skiing so I did it, this thing I wrote in the metro and then the Austrian tour board, tourist board said will you give it another chance come to Austria we'll provide you with uh, an expert skier and we'll get you a nanny for your child and my wife's very excited because uh, she yeah. wanted to she loves skiing uh, and she's not posh, so you, you may be proven correct. Uh, and this expert skier said, right, first of all, just, uh, I can't remember the turnstrip, but we had to cross the thing to get to the ski lift, going go across walk. like that. Yeah, well, sort of walk, <laughs> but sideways. Uh, and I said, no, you don't understand, I can't remember how to do anything. Traverse, I was terrible the yeah. first time. And so he's, oh. he's like, oh. He didn't realise how, basically, I was, didn't know how to ski. So wait, you did go? Yeah, I went, and he took, we went, and he took us up the mountain, and yeah. I had to ski all the way down the mountain. Like from halfway up or something.
1: Did you arrange with the Austrian tourist board beforehand, like that you were going to have to write a column or something? Yes. And so, did you write the column? Yes. And you complained about it.
0: <laughs> I said I didn't like skiing. I said that it was lo- the hotel was very nice. Yes. Yeah. it was really lovely to have someone looking after our child. They, <laughs> they want to do that all the time for us. That's fine. But others don't have to go skiing. I like eating cheese. I like drinking beer. Didn't like all the other stuff. I went in. I went in the. Uh, they had a lovely spa on the last day, and went in there and uh, did a routine about being in a. Uh, got in the sauna, and when I got in the sauna, the door opened, and a completely naked 55-year-old woman walked in, went, Hello. and lay down opposite me with everything showing, double, like an end-to-end flesh-coloured rainbow, <laughs> double rainbow, uh, and. Uh, but there were signs outside saying that you had to be naked in the sauna because it's Austria. Right. So I was actually the one who's have vault. to be naked in
1: yeah. the... What in the hotel?
0: Hotel sauna, not in the whole hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just I'm in the, in sauna, the sauna, there's sauna. There's a special sure. place you can go. Just go. Look at that, Rich. We're doing this, So you look at got- my Austrian vagina. I don't want to. Well, I'll have a little look. It follows you around the room. I can. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very small space. <laughs> my wife came in I thought well, I was very embarrassed but I got a very funny routine out of it yeah
1: um, and were the Austrian tourist board satisfied
0: yeah it seemed to be yeah it was the one time I did the metro and they you know they didn't I wasn't paid to write by something but I I had to um, had a crisis of conscience going is this morally wrong and if the metro find out that I've done I'm writing some articles. I didn't tell the metro oh anything. you didn't tell them no. right so I just said I wrote to my I'm going on thing and then I recommended the hotel. I think they, I think everyone does it, but it made me feel uneasy because I felt like I was I was selling out my metro column, which meant a lot to me and was very yeah. It was very uh,
1: yeah. I mean, I did a, a, a skiing episode of the podcast in, in sort of similar circumstances. I was contacted by someone who runs a chalet and uh, they said, "Oh, we really like the podcast. How would you like to come out and?" do an episode out here and uh, you can stay as our guests you know so I was like uh, ran that by my wife and she said yep <laughs> let's definitely do that so it was I'm I've never seen her so happy <laughs> I mean I I mean yeah she it was like the moment where she suddenly looked at me in a new way like god wow you're great <laughs> And now I understand what you do. This is brilliant. <laughs> so we went anyway, and I, I, we had a very nice time. And I, I really slaved on the episode to sort of make it to sort of strike the right tone, so it didn't feel like just a big advertorial. Yeah. I justified it to myself because my dad was a travel writer, and um, that's you know the business of travel journalism is you get paid to go places and sure, then sure. you write about it. You don't necessarily have to eulogize yep. but you go there and uh, you know your accommodation is paid for in return for a column about that anyway so i felt as if i was doing something in that tradition and being straight with the audience about it and hopefully giving them an episode that they would enjoy and i think a lot of people really did like it some people felt like oh this is i got some very nice messages but i also got a high number of messages from people that said fuck you <laughs> And you are your, this is it for me and your free fucking podcast, you, you fucking twat. Slap us in the face with your skiing holiday, you bastard. And I was, I, went, I, I, I sort of didn't engage with a lot of the more unreasonable anger. But there were a few messages from people who seemed quite intelligent um, that That were so passionately indignant that I had done this, and I just genuinely didn 't understand why I just thought i 've done this in a total spirit of open hearted yeah. <laughs> enjoyment, um, but they felt that I was kind of lording it over them or something i don 't yeah. know and so, so I went back and forth with one guy who was a documentary maker or something, and um i he he was just out he said it 's just an advert, you just made a big long advert, and I said, well that's one way of looking at it. But I felt like I made a big, long, brilliant advert. <laughs> <laughs> that, that it took me to ages to make and that I made with a huge amount of love. And um, also, like I, maybe it's just my generation. I used to, I used to like adverts. Yes, you know what I mean.
0: I do. Yeah. I
1: actually wanted to be in advertising when I was little. I used to think, "Oh, that's great! Like, what what would be better than to make little witty short no, that's films?" That's true. I
0: felt the same as well. You know yeah. what I mean? Like yeah. good
1: adverts, yeah. not adverts that are totally insulting.
0: And, but um, you do well in your podcast. I mean, in fact, the last time we had, we, we discussed sponsorship, and I was on. You sort of won me round on the last podcast into being sponsored. Clearly, do you fancy a uh, beer, fifty-two beer. <laughs> Yeah, what? What? There's uh, a few choices here. Um, uh, okay, a,
1: this one. What's the lowest alcohol? They're
0: all quite high. You're driving, they're all quite high uh, alcohol. But you get this away one is with one. four. I'll go for yeah, this yeah. one. There's uh, a uh, bo- There's a bottle opener you might need for. Thank you. I'll, I'll
1: have oh, mate.
0: Open that for you. Uh, BF52.com slash uh, Rahulas. If you want to. Uh, <laughs> do <it pretty> much. <laughs> there we go.
1: Thank you very much. Uh, if
0: you, oops, if you want to do that. But yeah, you, you're. I mean, the, the sponsorship you do on your podcast is extremely good. Thank you. Unlike mine, in which I'm slightly rude about the products, but they don't seem to mind. Um,
1: well, you're still in the phase where you are, as we've just established, conflicted because that's your background. I never really had any. Uh, I always felt a a certain affection for advertising and I always felt maybe misguidedly that if you did it Without insult, there was a way to do it without insulting yeah. the audience. That, that would be fun, and everyone could kind of win. I don't know. Maybe, as I say, I'm deluding myself.
0: But I don't think so. I think they're inter- they're not. They're, they're unobtrusive and they're entertaining themselves, which is all you want. And, and you seem to have a, some selection over what you advertise, which I do. Obviously yeah, yeah. So you only have things that you think could.
1: Yeah, I'd rather make them myself than have the ones they make and tag on. You sure, know what sure. I mean. Um, um, it's fun yeah and I
0: think you know I, ultimately it's, it's, a, it's a weird thing that, that financing something like this because you go alright do I get everybody to chip in and people are really nice and do chip in and do the kickstarters for me and that's nice yeah. would they feel it'd be nicer if I didn't do that and just got someone to give me the money to make <laughs> the podcast
1: yeah that's the what thing what do you
0: think would you rather pay or would you rather I'd do, would you rather if you want to do kickstarters cheer now yes. if you want to have adverts in cheer now it was 50-50, didn't it? If I had adverts in, and you don't like adverts, would it make you stop listening to the podcast? Okay, so fuck you. Let's have some Let's get let's get some of that sweet money. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> then, no, then it's you, you know, it is that idea that you're putting this effort into making the ad- ads, and you know, I think you'd be delighted with that as a as a sponsor.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, there I there, assume... there are some, some. There's a danger sometimes that they. Uh, put too much work on you and they sort of basically give you a brief that's very nebulous and they're they're asking you to come up with something that you know in normal circumstances they would pay some uh, creative (laughs) team thousands of pounds for and they're just like yeah, do a song about this very complicated subject and because sometimes it's not a product sometimes it'll be you know a charity or or it'll just be a kind of public awareness campaign sometimes sure and so you really have to think. Like I don't know, I, uh, this is going to take too long. You know. Yeah. At the end of the day, I've got to go. But back then
0: to you've it. done that your whole group. I mean, that's the whole song wars thing that you did with Joe was insanely time-consuming. Surely it
1: was. Yeah.
0: Uh, but was worth it because you created these genuinely, you know, and actually memorable songs. I sing the Quantum Solace one all the time. Oh, okay. I, st- I always comes to mind. I say, why can't I live? Why can't I live forever? I yeah. live forever all the time. I'm always seeing that. They're really good, and that quality is worth you know down the line. It's worth it, isn't it? Because you you're giving something that's entertaining, and so I think that's that's great to do. And 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 it doesn't you know I think I think you realise with podcasting that that's the deal, isn't it? That it's either either you say everyone give me a pound, and one percent of people do. Thanks, (laughs) thanks to the one percent, and or you or you you know this series is a bit of both. So it's a bit of beer fifty two and a bit of fantastic Kickstarter awards that will be coming through soon to the people who've done The, the Rubik's Cube we did for this. Have Bit you had Rubik's, a Rubik's
1: Cube made? A uh,
0: Rubik's Re- Cube made with all like Rahula things. It's really good. I mean, it's too good. Chris Evans, not that one. Puts away, he's like you. He puts way too much effort. You could just give everyone like a little 50p one. Like that. No, he spent thousands yeah. on them. No, it's good. You've got to do things with
1: yeah. love. hey? Uh, this is delicious. Arepa and co. Mm. Yeah.
0: It, can you put more effort into the adverts you're doing on my podcast than you yeah. <laughs> than you currently are. No, it's good. Yeah, it's you know, it's inter- it's all very interesting. It's a and, fresh,
1: zesty and refreshing taste. This and, beer No, sorry.
0: <laughs> you're doing ACAST as well, which says that that's 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 a platform that a lot of the podcasts are using at the moment.
1: Yeah, they're, they're huge. They've yeah. got more and more people on there every day.
0: It's amazing. Yeah. But you must be one of the biggest podcasts on ACAST. I don't look at my numbers, Richard. Do you not? No. Do you look at the checks that come through? Uh, I do look at the statements, <laughs> yes. <yeah. laughs> uh, did we talk about this last time? Maybe a little bit. Let's talk about it. Uh, okay, yeah. No, people... See, we should talk about it backstage. These people, these people aren't interested. <laughs>
1: Did you um, watch the, as we speak, the uh, armistice celebrations, commemorations? Um,
0: I saw a little bit of the Peter Jackson film. Oh,
1: yeah. You didn't watch the whole thing? No. Why? (laughs) You you knew how it ended. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Actually, I was trying to... I got about halfway through and my, we had to go to... i so tired. We've got two tiny children. Yes, of And course. then it's come off the iPlayer, so I, I was halfway through. I was trying to get to the bit where it changed into colour.
1: Oh, you didn't even make it there? No, I did,
0: but that's, it took, my wife went to bed and so it all got confused. Right, okay. Um, and then I got to that bit and went, <laughs> It's just the same bit and they're not in black and white anymore. It was pretty good, though. No, the,
1: was- the, the, the problem with that bit was the first time that you... If you didn't see this... Uh, folks, it was Peter Jackson had got lots of black and white footage from the first world. War. Well, I'd like to know more about who shot that fucking yeah. stuff. Who was going out onto the battlefields in, in 1917 and filming with these old cameras while carnage was going on around them. But um, he had colorized some of the footage, but in a very sophisticated, like modern colorization techniques. And also done it so that the, the sp- it was running at a real speed. Yeah. So it didn't look all uh, herky-jerky and black-and-whitey. And he'd also done very good dubbing of sound effects on there. So it really did feel like, oh, my God, this stuff looks like it was shot last week in certain places. Yeah, yeah. Other places where he'd had to digitally zoom on some some things, there was lots of strange pixels moving around. <laughs> yeah. So that at certain points it looked a bit like... Um, uh, it looked a bit like, what was the... Uh, CG film about the Polar Express. <laughs> did you watch the Polar...
0: Have I you... did, but I saw, I saw enough of it with Tom Hanks in it.
1: Yeah, my children yeah. used to fucking love the Polar yeah. Express.
0: Hot chocolate.
1: And um, <laughs> that, that whole film is uh, Uncanny Valley special. <laughs> it's really weird. And that's what it was a bit like watching this footage. But overall it was just incredibly weird and moving and I just can't get my head around it. And also, I was talking to you backstage about the fact that I've been um, reading these, this book of letters sent back from the First World War from a, uh, a lieutenant colonel. And uh, he was uh, in the Northumberland Fusiliers, 24th Tyneside Irish Battalion. And he, his batman, what's a batman?
0: Like a valet a yeah, Batman, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's B- not Butler. Batman.
1: It's not a guy. It's not a crime yeah. fighting.
0: Yeah. It might be that as well. We wouldn't know, would we?
1: Anyway, his They'd keep ba- that a secret. Anyway, Batman. It turns out was my grandfather, and uh, which I didn't know because my dad never used to talk about his family. But I found this book of letters where this lieutenant colonel is writing almost every day back to his wife from the First World War. He went out uh, to the Western Front in 1914, was sadly killed on the first day of the Arras offensive in 1917, and he was uh, carried off the battlefield by my grandfather, wow. who he referred to as Bucky.
0: <laughs>
1: that was his surname. Or oh, Buckin, sometimes. Buckin. And occasionally there's just these um, little bits of the letters that refer to my granddad. It's wow. so weird. He was just his, he was kind of his baldrick, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and uh, let's see I've got a little bit here referring to my my grandfather Um, so this is 10th of May 1915 Beuvray, outskirts of Bethune northern France And uh, this is the lieutenant colonel writing back to his wife. We've had rather an amusing time these last two days as we moved out to a position of readiness at 4.30 a.m. yesterday, leaving a few sick men and the servants under old Sanderson in the billets in Boeuvray. After we'd been out a bit, we saw the shells popping into Boeuvray pretty frequently. We returned there about ten PM to find them all in an awful state of nerves. Old oh, Buxton was awfully cross because we had laughed at them because we had laughed at them, but it really was too funny. <laughs> <laughs> Their faces were a picture and they and they had got all bits of shell and stuff. <laughs> Before I left, I warned them of the dangerous places in town which I knew the Germans would shell if they, shot at, uh, if they shot at all. And of course, old Buxton must go and have a look with the result that a shell plonked into a house just under his nose which fairly put the fear of what's-his-name into him. <laughs> <laughs> it's so surreal. Like yeah. These letters are extraordinary and you have got a sense of it in some of those BBC4 docs as well of, yeah. of how... Yes, a lot of the time it was like the worst vision of hell that you could imagine. But a lot of the time they're just sort of larking around yeah. and having fun. And some of them even saying, oh, it would never so good after that. I, I didn't really want to leave. <laughs> you know, because they're all together and they've got yeah. a common purpose and...
0: What you're saying is we need a good world war to sort that. I'm saying
1: out. that let's bring back conscription
0: <laughs> and a war, and let's happen.
1: a proper fighting war where you can see the enemy. None of this internet stuff. Let's have some good old physical scrapping. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just read you this this little bit where this is from the Somme. Right, they're at the Somme, <laughs> and he. Uh, this is not with my grandfather, but this is a letter back to to this guy's wife. I mean, he's a lieutenant colonel. Okay, so he's not at the front of the fighting all the time. They just sort of go back and forth. And this is one of the times where he's not at the uh, at the front, obviously. And he's saying, um, so this is 30th of July, 1916. Uh, most pleasant evening for our walk. We went out to the end of a hill about a thousand yards behind our own front line and sat in the grass where we could overlook the whole show and watch the transition stage from day to night conditions. We reached our position about 8.30 p.m. just as the light began to fail and saw the old Hun put some very heavy Meinenwerfer over, like grenades or whatever, uh, over as a sort of kiss goodnight. And then very shortly afterwards, our guns had a proper hate on his line for about an hour and a half and he got the most concentrated essence of a, um, on a portion of his trenches that would make him think a bit. <laughs> it really is a wonderful sight <laughs> because it's all quite silent except for the guns and an odd rifle or two. <laughs> And it seems impossible to believe that two great armies face one another across a small strip of field in many places not a hundred yards wide, and that you never see a soul move. As we came away about 11 p.m., you could see the whole line stretching right away on both sides by the very lights, these flares, and star shells. And in the distance, away to the south, the glare of the gun flashes on the Somme, which lit up the whole sky just as one sees the lights of a big seaside town from the sea it all brought back so clearly our day on the end of Portland Bill. <laughs> and I was talking about it all to the doctor as we walked home again. So surreal. I
0: think, you know, that every, Wilfred Owen became famous after this war, not this guy. It's, yeah. it's just ter- <laughs> terrible. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Bizarre. Yeah.
1: Are we wrapping up?
0: We, I think we probably should. Yeah, we've got homes to go to. We do. Um... It's been very interesting. Um, oh man, I want to say though, as yeah. well,
1: thanks, you know, this being episode 200. Yeah. We, should, we should have talked more about classic episodes. <laughs> but holy shit, you, you bagged the big one. Oh, I was halfway up a mountain and I, 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 we found a dinosaur.
0: And I've I, I never had to wank off a
1: dinosaur before. <laughs> a giant ball of frozen piss in my mouth and then I was uh, halfway up in space have you ever had a wank in
0: space that was that was basically it it was very nice to get him. You should do, you should do him on your podcast. Uh, yeah, I mean... There's no way I could top your one. It was amazing. I think you might get the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> was
1: it, and, but uh, in the green room there, he was like, Yeah, was that okay?
0: It really wasn't. It was like two hours. He arrived, started. Yeah didn't stop until he left. Seriously. <laughs> it was a phenomenon. It was amazing. Uh, God bless him. Was that all right, Richard? Or was I a cat? <laughs> 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 he wasn't too worried. <laughs> I, I, all the, I'm glad I didn't do... T- I did a bit of work on this, but I, we haven't covered anything uh, that... Uh, I've been watching... I mean, I, I was going to talk about mess, Messy Goes to uh, Okida. Oh, yeah, I yeah. We might have talked about that. But I, you watch that with your children? I don't. Uh, and um, <laughs> it's good, <laughs> but we haven't come across that. I was yeah. gonna talk. We, my, my daughter tends to watch Netflix now. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there's and gets, she's very interested she nod- in watching like Dave Chappelle and <laughs> yeah, just make, making a murderer and that stuff. Yeah, yeah. she's uh,
1: <laughs> she's watching um,
0: a lot of noddy toyland detectives. Oh, okay, uh, she's watching Beat Bugs. Have you seen the show Beat Bugs? No. Beat Bugs is a uh, insects, and they, it sort of surprises you because the opening theme tune is "All You Need Is Love," and you go, "Fucking hell! How they have, they must have spent a fortune getting the rights to that as the theme tune." But it's the Beatle, they're the Beat Bugs, and it, every episode is based around a Beatles song, and it's a sort of weird insects doing Beatles songs. Um, but because a lot of Beatles songs have. Uh, like names of people in them, right? so you know there 's Ellen Rigby, Rigby memes, yeah. Martha, my dear, all this stuff, yeah. and so a lot of it is just another insect coming in who 's called that, uh and I was watching one the other day, which was there's a character called Maxwell, I think oh great they 're going to do uh you know, maxwell silver Haven't that 's a great song for kids, <laughs> and then I realized they probably wouldn 't use they they didn 't they still call called a character maxwell i 'm assuming. They're either holding their gunpowder on that one, waiting for the right moment right. For him to go around smashing all the other insects in the head. <laughs> but sometimes they just, there's a contentious phrase, they sometimes just leave it out of the song. But yeah. they, don't, they don't ever change it to, you know, Bang Bang Maxwell's silver hammer comes down on a nail. You know? yeah. they don't, so, but I just wondered if you could think of what the worst. Beatles songs to put in a children's cartoon about insects would be. It's, it's such a surreal. My daughter loves it, though.
1: Yeah, I mean, Helter Skelter, I suppose. Yeah,
0: Helter Skelter. Um, about insects.
1: Any ideas from the it audience? It doesn't have
0: to be about the insects. I mean, there's that awful one about uh, Run For Your Life, Little Girl. If I find you with another man, you'll be gone. Oh, be yeah, that's that that
1: a very sh- uh, sh- shocking yeah. song, lyrically. I remember w- even listening to that as a youngster, thinking, what?
0: The hell is going on
1: here? Um, that's the dark catch you though, with John another Lennon. man, you'll be dead. Yes, more or less, little girl. Isn't it, isn't it? No, it's that's Forgone. the end. That's the end, little girl. girl. Yeah,
0: they do. Which is, I think, maybe the you'll be dead That would be a bit this. too stark, wouldn't it? It's the song I'm gonna that's, kill um, you,
1: a little girl.
0: Is it? Is it? Bad finger did. If you want it, here it is. Come and get it. Was that? That was a Paul McCartney song, though, right? Oh yeah, maybe. Um, Bad but that's basically like a cheeky little song about you know if you want to have sex with me come and get it yeah it's going for, you know, if you watch the Badfinger doing it well it was a different time Richard but they can't put it in children's car they've got Vintes going if you want it here it is come <laughs> and get it but you better hurry because it's going fast it's <laughs> so you know the story of Badfinger it is Badfinger isn't it yeah that they all kind of killed themselves and that's stuff. right it's tragic because it's really because you see that song there, and really, you, when, the, when you see the video of it he's so enjoying the cheek, even as he's performing on TV, this is such a cheeky song. I'm having to say, he's such a lovely guy, the guy's singing it. Such a horrible story. Let's end the series. <laughs> if you want it, here it is. Come and get it. I mean, they're insects, it's fun, they have sex. That's oh, important. fucking insects, <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> and you, there's, a new, there's a new series, I watched a bit of a Messy Ghost Docking. Yeah, okada, series okada, two. Okada.
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: That's a nice deal to get. Someone was asking for you to sing the theme tune. Yeah. Can you sing the theme tune? Oh, um... Oh, my God. Come along and say hello, Messi
1: goes to Okinawa. It's sort of... Uh, let's all meet our friends. Felix! <laughs> <laughs> zoom, zoom, zoom! It's just shouting. I yeah, just that's shout. Good. It's
0: good. You're good match for it. And... Uh, <laughs> And you, the Crystal Maze, which we talked about a little oh, bit last yeah. time, but it hadn't been on by the time. I watched you with Andrea from Loose Women. I uh-huh. answer some riddles? All I remember is Big Nasty. <laughs> um, he was very good. Oh, I don't know him.
1: Has you, have you not come across Big Nasty? No. Oh, mate. He's good value. Is he? Yeah. He's a big rapper man from, I think, South London. Okay. And I believe that it is not controversial to say that he smokes a lot of weed. (laughs) (laughs) And so he is just in a cloud, a haze of doobie smoke. (laughs) But you get a lot these days. You know, have you noticed that walking around town? Like, you smell it a lot more. Yeah, well, actually, I was
0: walking across Soho Square today, and... uh... I tweeted, can someone call the police? There's a man smoking a cannabis. Yeah. I didn't feel comfortable ringing the police myself because I'd actually accidentally inhaled some of the <laughs> cannabis smoke. I <laughs> thought I was an accessory to the crime. But yeah, just like at three o'clock, two o'clock. Yeah. Soho Square...
1: You smell it a lot these yeah. days. Anyway, Big Nasty, I believe, yeah. uh, enjoys the occasional smoky smoke, okay. and I think that he, there's a possibility he may have done on that day when we recorded <laughs> the Crystal Maze. And there was a the, the clue was something like so this: "Is me with my head in a jar," yeah. and they have to guess the riddle. They have to guess the right answer to the riddle in order to win the crystal. And the and what happens is they send me the riddles, and generally I'll rewrite them to make them maybe a bit easier or to make them rhyme a bit more or something. So this one, I, I'd really done it very easy. I was worried it was too easy. It was about like you know, um, what kind of animal am I? Come round, to, uh, hop on over to my pad. Um, yeah. You know. And Big Nasty was absolutely flummoxed. <laughs> <laughs> he just couldn't get his head round it. And in the end, I just had to say, it's a frog <laughs> a frog first of all it was because I could hear in my earpiece they're saying oh, you're going to have to give them more of a clue <laughs> I was thinking what am I, I you know I've said lily pad hop on over ribbit, and no, in fact that was the next thing I did was go ribbit
0: not a toad I'm not a toad <laughs> like a toad and then eventually I just had to say a frog
1: <laughs> it's a frog and even then he was like, Whoa, what, what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: He was nice, though. Yeah. He, he was on uh, Would I Lie to You the other day. It was, he was very funny. Oh,
0: I must um, check him out. Yeah. I noticed that you're underwater in the jar, uh-huh. but uh, your breath <laughs> makes a cloud on the glass. Yeah. yeah. Quite a trick. It is a trick.
1: And it's, <laughs> you would have thought they would have thought about that, wouldn't you? <laughs> And also they give me a little uh, cleaning cloth because it's very uncomfortable. I'm sat underneath this, uh, spoiler alert, I'm, they don't actually sever my head and pickle it. I'm sat un- in, in a very confined space. They made it a bit more comfortable for me this year, which okay. I really appreciate. Nice. Maybe they heard me complaining about it on the podcast last time. And so now I'm actually sat on a chair, which is good. But I stick my head up through the jar and then, as you say, it immediately fogs up. <laughs> um, and so they give me a cloth, and I have to kind of stick the cloth up. And the fire confined and just do that quickly. Before we roll, it's all very glamorous.
0: It's um, good you're on telly. Yeah. You're back on the telly. I suppose. It's all working for you.
1: I've never seen one of my episodes, though. My daughter okay. was so excited because she likes yeah. uh, the show. But so far, we've never actually seen me on it so I don't know if they, they actually use me or not
0: you've, you've been on it it's
1: I've been, been on it alright
0: well I think we'll wrap up but I was gonna because my man's coming to pick up these chairs in two minutes oh okay <laughs> slightly curtailed by that 50 next June you are newer oh yeah that's right <laughs> you're already 50, I'm 50 aren't I'm you I'm 51 I'll be 52 nearly by the time you're 50 how is it Ah. <sighs> uh. Did you have a party? I didn't. know. my wife sort of suggested we just moved, and it was a bit of a. I don't really like anyone anymore. Mm. Um, it so gets harder.
1: It does. Have you lost uh, any friends? What to to,
0: to not, like not lost not to death? Okay. I've um, lost. We've
1: all lost some well, to I mean, death.
0: I, you know, I don't see my friends very much. I like, when I see them, I still I'm friends. Falling out with anyone? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, so yeah, am I. Yeah.
1: It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Just this, the, the, this, like in the last few years, and quite a few of my other friends have as well, yeah. I think it's weird. You reach a certain point, and then everyone gets very touchy. Yes. <laughs> and uh, it's very easy to say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, and it's like, it's weird. It took me by surprise. It's happened a couple of times.
0: Do you think, um, you know, I'm I worried about more at 40, but, you know, being this, both of us are sort of have this boyish sense of humour, I would say. And yeah. you feel being fifty, you can we can keep this on, or will we turn into We're sort of slightly comically.
1: Yes. No. It's I'm always... sure that, that I'm sure that to some people we are creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. Yeah, it's weird it, it, because you do. You feel young, don't you? But yeah. when you look in the mirror, you're like, oh no. <laughs> uh, and uh, you always hear people saying that, but it's true. And. I suppose you do have to bear it in mind a little bit.
0: Yes. Do you think? Well, just at so what? But I almost, I almost think if you get a sixty or seventy, it becomes okay again. But I think it's just like a little island in the middle of between forty and sixty where it's sort of a bit weird being a being a baby man.
1: Yeah. Now I was talking to Simon Pegg about that okay, yeah. on, on my podcast about the uh, the feeling like wow, we're this generation that championed behaving childishly and not putting away childish things yeah. and playing with our toys and me and Joe waggling them around on TV and stuff like that. And uh, and now I've got children. It does feel very odd. I do, I do feel ill-equipped to provide some sort of guidance <laughs> for them because I'm stupid. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I think it's nice. As long as one person in the family is a bit more sensible.
1: Yeah. Plus... I, I cheer myself up by thinking a lot of the people I like and admire had very difficult childhoods, you know, and parents that were cruel to them sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, people can still turn out okay. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> See how my children turn out. So, you know, I'm just saying that I have the option. I haven't been cruel to them yet, I don't yeah. think.
0: Well. No, uh, no but, it, but also I just think they're, they're already who they are. Yeah, you can guide them a little bit but
1: falling down very squirrely on the nature side yeah of the I think so I think, think they they're, they
0: come out and they're who they are yeah and you can help a little bit meanwhile <laughs> drink it up <laughs> put your feet up have some fun it doesn't make any difference well as always it has been a pleasure thank you very much for coming in thanks you've for having me you've made me laugh you've made me a little bit bored at one point yeah and- <laughs>
1: <laughs> was it the first time? Then you made me laugh again, it was alright. Or was it the skiing? We'll I've loved it, it all. I've
0: loved it all. Uh, sorry. <laughs> thank you very much for supporting the podcast we'll be back in 2019 with loads more uh, less Square Theatre from uh, 4th of February which you might be already when you're listening to this uh, but also we're coming around the country look out for us Birmingham definitely and lots of other places in 2019 ladies and gentlemen please give a massive round of applause four times for listener, Adam <laughs> you have been listening to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre Podcast with me, Richard Herring, and my guest, Adam Buxton! The music's my best. I'd like to thank all the people who've helped out, everyone, all my friends and my family, and everyone at the British Comedy Guide, everyone at Go the Stripe, and especially everyone at the Leicester Square Theatre. Uh, I'm indebted to my producer, Ben Walker. I am equally indebted to my executive producer, Chris Notley. And this is a fast, go faster, strike and sky potato production. From the cinematic universe of J.J. Abrams comes the space strategy game Star Trek Fleet Command. Be the commander of your own missions. Customize your fleet of starships. Assemble a crew
2: of new and familiar faces. Choose your weapons to prepare and lead your crew
0: in epic battles. Every moment counts in these real-time battles. Boldly go where no one has gone before. Star Trek Fleet Command. Download free today on the App Store or Google Play.